Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, listen, they want me to say hello. Welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show. Wish you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. We haven't talked to you, Mark, for ages. James, you haven't. And uh, forgive me correcting you, but it's now chairman of the European Research Group. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, who did you get sacked? No, no, no. Steve Baker, who was the chairman, uh, stood down uh, of his own volition. Mm -hmm. How did you get him to do that? um, (laughs) At at a meeting of of the group, I was... Uh, well, Steve recommended me to take the chair and the group approved. So this yeah. is, I wouldn't call it hot news, because I don't think it's going to stop the world. But uh, as of this evening, I'm now the chair. Anyway, um, coming on to your, your point about, um, you know, trade deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic opportunity for the UK. One of the advantages of leaving the European Union is that we can strike trade deals of our own. When we were under the EU, we could only do trade deals, as it were, through then. We can now do trade deals with, you know, any country on earth if they and we agree. And obviously, the potential of a trade deal with the United States, who are our strongest ally on earth, is very exciting. And are we uh, are we halfway to doing it? Are we involved in doing it, Mark, or, or are we just sitting back talking about it? Well, my, my understanding, Jack, is that actually over the past... Uh, year or so, a lot of, you know, discussions have gone on privately about the possibility of a deal. Mm. So I don't think we've got one, you know, it's not like Blue Peter where there's one below the desk we're just about to pull up, as it were. But I think we already have made some progress. And um, uh, Liz Truss, the uh, Trade Secretary, and also President of the Board of Trade, Mm. um, made a statement in Parliament uh, yesterday, I was there, announcing, you know, the formal beginning of negotiations. So, well, you know, we're well set, I think. And, you know, President Trump, I think, has his own reasons for wanting a trade deal. He's up for re-election in November. He wants to boost the American economy. So a trade deal would be good for him, and it would potentially also be good for us. I mean, the only problem I foresee in this is that, uh, you know, they'll want us to take... Chlorinated chicken. And There's nothing wrong with chlorinated chicken. Various well, yeah, look, well, that... look, 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 James. You know, we're not going to lower our environmental standards, and we've been clear about that. But on on the matter of chlorinated chicken, purely my personal view, right? It can't be that bad because otherwise millions of Americans would be dying every year, right? And they're not. No, they're getting fatter. So, 
well, yeah, but look, if you if you want to put a piece of chlorinated chicken on the shelves in Tesco's or Sainsbury's <laughs> or Lidl or whoever, <laughs> and it's clearly labelled and it says this is American chlorinated chicken, but maybe it's a bit cheaper. If people want to buy that, that's a matter of personal choice. If they don't want to buy that, they buy something else. Yeah. And yeah, I, think I agree with you. I agree. For nanny's sake, <clears throat> you know, don't buy that. Mm. Well, if you don't want to buy it, you don't buy it, do you? Yeah. And EU scientists apparently say it's not actually dangerous for you. No, no, I know. I'm well, just well, winding well, well, him well, up. You know, I'm not, Ash, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, as your listeners will well know. But, it, you know, common sense suggests it can't be that bad because otherwise we'd have, you know, loads of Americans dying from it. As far yeah. as I'm aware, that's not gone off. Yeah. Now, how, uh, how America we should get sorted, you need to go over there yourself, Mark, and talk to them and uh, see whether you can do something. <laughs> well, you're the chairman now, yeah. You're like, you're, you're, James, that's, that's very kind of you, but I'm yeah. sure, we, I'm yeah. sure our, our negotiators are more than up to it. Liz Truss. He's a very capable Secretary of State. Good, good, good. Um, also, I think we need to sort out this migrant problem, which is more harrowing by the day and depressing me an enormous amount. Well, we, you know, we, we do... One of the benefits of uh, leaving the European Union is that we take back control of our own borders. And, you know, that means we can have our own, you know, immigration policy. So... In terms of immigration, I know you said migrants, but in terms of immigration... No, I'm talking about the problem now I'm seeing on the telly every day. I'm glad to say after I moaned about it, nobody was covering it. Uh, we've seen a child of six drown. Uh, we've seen today, I think it was the Greek side, shooting I saw that yesterday, live yeah. ammunition yeah. Yeah. at uh, families in a boat. This is just not acceptable yeah. in this day and age. No, James. James, no, nobody wants to see that. But ultimately, you know, when, you know, when you follow the chain backwards, where are many of these migrants coming from? They're coming from the Middle East. Yep. Many of them have been displaced by the conflict in Syria. You know, we have a brutal regime in Syria. Yeah, but we can't turn our backs on them, Mark. We just no, no, can't. Well, yeah, yeah, but but I mean, what I'm but what I'm saying is, James. You know, why do we have this problem in the first place? It's, you've got a brutal regime under Assad, backed up by the Russians. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Chris Hobbs, former Met Police officer, joins us now. Chris, good evening to you. Yeah, hi, James. What happens when the uh, emergency services uh, are overrun and the balloon goes up and everybody's calling them? What's going to happen? Well... <laughs> That's a question the emergency services on the front line have been asking themselves, to be quite honest. I mean, we've heard Boris's statement today about not investigating serious crime, which has obviously prompted many responses that mm. uh, it's not, you know, minor crime to use uh, an expression isn't being investigated anyway um, at the moment because obviously the priority is serious crime. I think probably what he means is calls, calls to police, 999 yeah. calls. And that worries the police officers on the ground very much. And to be quite honest, you'd have to say, James, I'm wondering what message it sends to the criminal classes who would gladly exploit a situation yeah. where quite possibly police aren't going to turn up at, at many calls because they're perhaps standing on cordons or doing other things connected with this emergency. Wouldn't the military have to get involved? I mean, it's just been declared by NHS England a Level 4 incident, which is the highest 
level, but wouldn't the army get involved? I think I think possibly they're going to have to get involved, and and we don't really know, do we, how how this thing is going to work out? And I get the impression Boris doesn't either. Um, is it going to affect things like food supply? And certainly, having trekked around Waitrose today, um, there were certainly some items that were in rather short supply. Um, so if this really gets hold, are we going to have issues with supply of food? And then we could well see the army um, mm. stepping in and maybe facilitating or, or actually driving lorries themselves, escorting convoys, etc., etc. Um, but it's very much an unknown quantity, isn't it? If, if mm. as I say, if it takes hold, are we going to have sort of deserted streets in the evening? Everything's quiet. Everyone's locked up. Yeah. You know, avoiding each other. Or are we going to have criminal elements and let's face it there's plenty of them about who will take advantage of the situation because um because police are perhaps doing other things mm. um, well, if there's less people around hang on i think easier. yeah i i'm just amazed how how much uh air time and paper time and everything else that this story is taking up now we've had a lot of diseases like this before but this one seems to be, when I say out of control, I mean the publicity and people worrying about it and people talking about it. Um, and, you know, diseases do come and go. It's much more than SARS, isn't it? And SARS well, was quite big, but this is a much bigger deal. But, yeah, uh, but, you know, have we talked about SARS in the way we're talking about this? But we it, got rid of SARS. Well, maybe we'll get rid of this. On well, the other hand, maybe we won't. Do. And then it'll just become another flu, won't yeah. it? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at what's happened in China, um, there's obviously been a huge reaction by the authorities, haven't we? Those, those huge sort of gym-type buildings and warehouses where they've got hundreds of beds all lined up for um, people suffering. And then, then you read, don't you, you're quite right, you read people saying, well, hold on, this isn't. This is just flu. Most people aren't really mm. going to notice the effects. And then you've got, you read something else and they say, well, yes, but if it really does strike... Uh, all right, most people will just put up with it and deal with it as they would do a cold or flu, but you could have something like 600,000 people who are vulnerable, mm. the elderly, the sick and so on, who could die as a result of this. So mm. it's mixed messages, isn't it, that we seem to be getting but, all the but time. But you can, you can die from flu. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. And the thing that, that wor doesn't worry me, I'm, I'm just concerned about the, the height of hysteria. They're trying to stop it getting out like flu, which is out now and you can't yeah. get rid of but it. But how many people could well have had it? Maybe you, me, anybody else, who could have had it, thought we had a cold, Yeah. Well, yeah. gone through whatever, you know, and it's I gone. don't think they can get rid of it. If 100,000 people they think have it, it's going to be more than that anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but you can't, you couldn't get rid of a cold, could you? No. No, that's or the flu? No. Well, if if it is, is not going to have that bigger effect as a, as we're sort of suggesting now, then of course we don't need to press a panic button as far as the police um, talking about the army or the NHS are concerned. I think the NHS have just raised mm -hmm. the the level, haven't they, yeah. for the maximum level four? Yeah. Um, well, that'll we, be on the government's um, instruction, but I would have thought. Yeah. But you know, we don't have enough. Uh, ambulances now. Often people with a very important need for an ambulance. I I know from my own experience, you ring for an ambulance, yeah. and when when I was having to do that for for my wife, I got put on hold on a yeah. number of occasions. But they're being told to stay at home mainly. If you have it, you won't be going to hospital. I don't think. But, but yeah. some people well, have got yeah. to be taken to hospital. Yeah. 
well, that's that's a worrying thing. And, and of course, that, that will involve the police as well, because the police even now do an awful lot of welfare visits. I mean, only about 20% of police time anyway is devoted to crime. Mm. But if someone who's got elderly relatives or a relative in another part of the country hasn't seen or heard of that relative, the relative isn't answering phone calls, then it's often... Well, they will contact the police and the police will have to go around, knock at the door. And I did it when I was a young PC, putting elderly people back to bed because they've fallen out. Um, All part of policing. And then, of course, the other thing that may affect police is, if it does take hold, um, is possibly an increase in sudden deaths that they have to deal with. And again, police will have to attend those, uh, maybe not for very long, depending on the likely calls, but it, it all adds up to pressure on police time. Um, another situation, James, of course, is police station closures and custody mm. suite closures. If a prisoner's taken in that subsequently is found to have this, then we're talking, aren't we? It seems now it's going to be a deep clean and the custody suite or, or maybe the whole police station going to be closed. And that's going to make, have quite an impact as well. So uh, the police are not looking, the frontline police really aren't looking forward to this if it develops, as um, as it seems, mm. Boris our leader seems to think it may. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Lewis Dartnell uh, joins us. Lewis, good evening to you. Hello. Thank you for joining you, us. Uh, yeah, well, OK, skipping that. Um, <laughs> Lewis has shaken my hand. And mine, yeah. He did, in fairness, immediately hand sanitise afterwards. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is sensible. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> we, should on the el- we should have done the Ebola elbow bumps. Yeah, and yeah greet Do you want to do that yeah. with Lewis? Yeah, well, it's too late, isn't it? Well, might, yeah, might well get everything. Yeah. Got a bowler of the elbow. <laughs> and, uh. um, right, this sounds fantastic. This book, apparently, it's uh, you just told us it's a number one uh, science book or, or history book for schools. Uh, so it was a Sunday Times bestseller, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year, uh, twenty nineteen, it was a Sunday Times top history book and also a top science book. So the so this this book origins yeah. of the Earth shaped human history. I'm trying to bridge between science. Mm and human history, looking at all the different ways that features of the world we live on have affected the I do the like the way it's printed. History. Do you? Yeah, no, so I, I do. So I really like the, the smell yeah. of, a, of a book. Yeah. What do you mean? It's like anything's on paper. And no, I like, I like the way it... You know, when... when Times I, New Roman. When I did my autobiography, you got a good nose they, for asked, a font. Yeah. Yeah. they asked me what I wanted, and I had this, because some of them you can't... Yeah, you can classic. read this more easily. A, yeah, that's yeah. why... Right, now, what we need to know about Lewis is it describes you somewhere as... I thought it said you were sort of... Uh, I thought it was an astrologer or astronomer or... Um... Astrobiologist. Oh, that was it. Yes, one of those. Really? What's, yeah. What is that? So I've astro- never heard one of those. Astrobiology as a science is all about the possibility of life on other planets. So I, I, I have... My degree was in biology. I am a biologist. Wow. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing now is extending our understanding of life on Earth to see if it could survive on other planets. So oh, I see. To Mars, see if we for could example. survive. Yeah, yeah. So, so whether where there could be bacteria on Mars. When it all goes wobbly, we'll have somewhere to go. Does that we know moon, Elon Musk it? is already talking about doing this, though, right? Yeah. He's all talking yeah. about launching tens of thousands of people to live on Mars, which is a really awful idea yeah, if we want to go into that. Mars is a spent planet, yeah. isn't it? Mars is, is what we will be like in a few billion years' in, time. In a long, long time in the future. Yeah. Um, Mars was once much more Earth-like. Mm. It was much warmer and wetter and had seasonal But it had global warming, didn't it? Well, it had kind of catastrophic global cooling, actually. So Mars oh. is further from the sun. Yeah. And it is far too cold. It's a fr- freeze-dry desert on the surface mm. of Mars oh. today. But uh, there's so a moon by Jupiter that's in the Goldilocks bit, isn't it? 
So this is Europa, Golden. exactly. Europa, so yeah. uh, Mars is a very exciting planet in terms yeah. of the possibility for bacteria on it, but also Europa. We know there's a yeah. subterranean, so subsurface ocean with more liquid water in it than all the seas and lakes and rivers and oceans of Earth so here's a in question. this icy moon. Could Mars, as a planet, start off again, regenerate now, maybe well, with bacteria and then maybe... Like in that film with yeah. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Total Recall, yes. Yeah. Um, in principle, that's what people are thinking about doing uh, for terraforming. Could we effectively turn back the, the hands of time on Mars and return it to being a warmer, wetter planet? So again, mm. people like Elon Musk have talked about dropping nukes mm. onto the north and south pole of Mars to mm. throw off all that uh, carbon dioxide ice back into the atmosphere to thicken it and get more of a, a warming effect. Would that work? So that the numbers aren't particularly clear on this. It's looking like there's not enough carbon dioxide on that south pole, uh, on the poles, to, to warm Mars enough. And we've got but, too much here. And we've got too much here. We should start exporting our, our carbon dioxide yeah. to Mars, shouldn't we? Yeah. Surely it's easier to make Earth better rather than look for another So planet. this is it. Mars is never going to be a mm. backup option for Earth. We need to you know, keep our house in order here. Because you can never take everyone on no, Earth over to Mars. No, Mars uh, is worse uh, than trying to live in Antarctica. This will be long after we're dead and gone and probably our grandchildren. So oh, really? let's not get to... Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> let's take your vitamins. The, the interesting one. thing is we've spoken to many people over the years about this. An enormous amount of scientists say, well, the normal state of this planet is ice and snow, and we are in a, an interglacial period. This is exactly, this is, so this is one of the chapters of, of Origins, that the last two and a half million years, Earth has been cold. We've had a very cool period of our climate. Uh, this is the era of the ice ages. Our planet is pulsating in and out of the and deep the ice ages. And the poles are the, the remnants of the last ice ages. Yes, yeah, so the poles yeah. are icy yeah. uh, all year round. And then during the period of uh, an ice age, which lasts for 100,000 years, 150,000 years, yeah. the ice grows down from the North Pole over much of Northern Europe, North America, Siberia. And the important thing for our story, for, for humans, is that during the last ice age, all that growth of ice drew so much water mm. out of the oceans that the sea levels dropped... And the seafloor in large areas became exposed as dry land and our ancestors were simply able to walk from one continent like to the English to Channel. The, the English Channel became dry. The yeah. North Sea mm -hmm. became dry land called Doggerland, yeah. yeah. um, which our hunter-gatherer ancestors were hunting across what is now the, the mm. North Sea. So but, hang on, let me just... Because they found remnants of, of human beings and they found woolly mammoth and things in the ice. Yeah. So had we started as a species... Before the last ice age. So, and we, then we've we went exist, through it. Yes, yeah, so we've yeah. existed as a species in pretty much our modern form for the last 150, perhaps 200. So, was there no ice poles years. when we were originally around? There was ice on the poles 200. But there wasn't with ago. dinosaurs, was there? Apparently. So, the dinosaurs were much, much yeah, longer ago, 65 years. million years ago, and it was they generally were new, warmer. Really. Yeah. Back then, during the Cretaceous and era, so were, it was much there, were there human beings? I never learned any of this at school. Yeah. But were there human beings then living for the entirety of their lives across the whole of this planet in ice and snow? Yeah. So, so during the ice age, not it, just at the poles. So, so humans yeah. haven't really ever lived right on the poles because no. they're not much of a habitable environment. But from about seventy thousand years ago, humans, our ancestors, who had been living in East Africa—that's where we evolved—we mm. started spreading across the entire planet. We are now the most widely distributed mm. animal species on the planet. And, and the Ice Age was largely the reason that gave us the opportunity to walk from one continent to the other, crossing the seas, mm. because there was were now land only, bridges. I heard it was like a hundred odd people that we come from. 
So the, the founding population that migrated out of Africa to then populate the rest of the world was, uh, was a very small population. Where does this leave Adam and Eve? Well, they were the original people, yeah. 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 So, so all of us living out of Africa yeah. Yeah. Uh, are descendants from those mm-hmm. migrants, basically. migrants. What about the people Africa. that didn't leave? So the people who remained in Africa, who were the ancestors of indigenous African populations today, have a great deal more genetic diversity than the whole rest of the world put together. Because we all descended from these few migrants. Oh, wow. Whereas if you look at the genetic diversity across Africa, yeah. or indeed if you look at uh, chimpanzees, for example, which are closely related to us, yeah. there is more genetic diversity between two troops of chimpanzees on opposite sides of a river in Africa than the entirety of humanity. All seven Amazing. billion of us living around the that world. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.